This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Welcome to the Edge of Innovation. Today I'm speaking with well-known, globally known, famous, well anyway, in my book, he's one of the best photographers that's ever lived. His name is Arthur Morris, and he is known for his bird photography, as well as other things. We've interviewed him before, and we asked him to come back to talk about some new things that are going on in his life with photography. Welcome, Arthur. Howdy, Paul. Okay, so you use Capture One. How big are these files, each image, just in megabytes? Oh, Lord, the Nikon ones at 40... 40 megapixels were like 130 megabytes. My gosh. So these must be about, the converted image must be about 200 megabytes. Uh-huh. And how much are they raw? How, how big are they raw? Well, I always get confused by file size and pixel dimensions. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm not the one you want to ask. Okay. I know they're big-ass files, but All don't right. quote me. All right. So you, you go through, you bring them in with Capture. And what do you do next? I just converted one image. I grabbed it. I put it in a subfolder called To Do. Uh-huh. And then I converted the raw file with Capture One, mm-hmm. which is the only program that you can see the enlarged Sony images conveniently with. I see. And then I processed one. I haven't edited the whole. I have a bunch of folders that I need to go back and edit. Because if you lose track in a few days, especially with the huge files of the A7R three. You can wind up with your computer full. I'm not near there. Mm-hmm. Here's another interesting story about gear and technology. I switched from PC to a Mac about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Went through two months of pulling my hair out and then came to love Mac. For me, it's just a thousand times better. I used to do Photoshop on a PC for 15 years, and every session, Photoshop would freeze. It would crash, and I needed to you know, hold down the start button for 10 seconds and reboot mm-hmm. three, or four, three or four times in, in, a, in a couple of hours, and it was really, really not fun. Wow. And with Mac, in six years, I've had to press the, do a hard reboot, I think maybe once or twice wow. where the machine froze. So huge improvement there. And what Mac anyway, do you use? One of the astounding parts of what I do is that everything is done on a 15-inch uh, MacBook Pro with Retina display. Right. And you find so that everyone, good enough? Everyone tells me I'm crazy at that I should be using uh, an external monitor and a mouse, but I'm happy. Anyway, back to the computer story. I had my 16-inch or 17-inch MacBook Pro for about five years, and about six months ago it was giving indications that it was going to die. Mm-hmm. I had, I had everything backed up but for a day or two, and then it finally croaked. It wouldn't start. I drove over to Brandon, and I brought it into the Apple store, and they took it apart, and they came out and they said, well, this machine will never work again, but, but do you have any idea why the motherboard is encrusted in salt and sand? Really? And I said, and I said well, I have done a few slideshows at the beach in the rain, So suffice to say, I'm taking much better care of my new MacBook Pro, and I was able to get almost everything off the old hard drive. I do recommend solid-state hard drives. Right. The hard part there was getting the correct bay, you know, to put the old hard drive in. I see, yes. So Apple Care is generally pretty good, but they misled me. Hmm. Of all things, I finally took it into town, to Lake Wales, to the, the local computer store, 
and the guy went online and he found the right bay mm-hmm. with the right number of pins. Right. And we were we were able to get all the stuff off. That was a happy day. Excellent. So you bring up a good point with backup. What do you do for backup with all of these big files? For backup, I'm using a program whose name I will remember in 30 seconds. My friend Patrick Sparkman is my technical advisor. Mm-hmm. When I can't figure something out, I call him. He recommended a program to backup the Mac automatically. You just plug in. So I have two terabyte solid state hard drives. Mm-hmm. And every couple of days, I just plug one in, and it automatically starts to back up. And I'm walking over to my laptop. Is that time machine? No. Actually, it's amazing how the brain works. All I did was walk to my laptop with a dark screen. But just being in front of my laptop, my brain came up with carbon copy cloner. Okay, good. Yep. That's an excellent We use that a lot with our clients. So how the brain worked is a mystery because I couldn't think of carbon copy cloner here. But when I got there and I was pressing the button to wake it up, I could see in the top (laughs) the C icon. And there it was, carbon copy cloner. So I have two of those. I actually have a third one I need to get get going so I can give one to my daughter every two weeks. Right. Now, have you ever had to use the backup yet? No, thank God. And one of the beauties of Carbon Copy Cloner, God forbid, is that if your laptop just won't boot up, that you can plug in Carbon Copy Cloner and boot from that. Let's say you were down in Snow Hill Island doing the Emperor Penguins, mm-hmm. which I was, which I had the pleasure of doing last November. You could always just theoretically plug it in, but I hope to never get to that point. Well, yeah, it's it's good if you never have to use it, but if you have to, you know it's there. That's great. So now. You've shot pretty much, would you say you've shot everything you want to shoot? Or are there some things out there that you're saying, I really want to go shoot this? In my life? Yeah. What's on your bucket list for photos to take? Oh, about a thousand things. Really? Is it all in the bird world? Or do you have other things that are that are outside of that world? Mostly birds. I mean, getting to the emperor penguins was a huge check off on my bucket list because I never thought I would get there. Logistically, it's really, really difficult. And it was an amazing trip. I can't believe that I got there. It was ridiculously expensive, but worth every penny for me. Mm-hmm. You know, not financially, not business-wise, but just because it's something I wanted to see. I wanted to get down there. So we went on, it was a quark trip run in conjunction with Cheeseman's. We got on the icebreaker Kalebnikov after flying down to Ushuaia, Argentina. Wow. And we sailed four days to get down into the ice. One day we spent drifting to the northwest because of a big storm. We couldn't head southeast where we needed to go. Then we finally got down in the ice, and they weren't sure if they could get close enough to the colony to fly us there. And then he made some good progress. I don't know, by the fifth evening, they said, we're in great shape, and we were six miles from the colony at Snow Hill. And then we had done all the helicopter drills, and they put you in groups, and they fly you by Russian helicopter wow. to the base camp. And then once you get there, it was a four-mile round trip to the colony. And we did three days, and boy, it was, it was thrilling. And by, by noon on the third day, I was knackered. The lady I met down there who's been down there a zillion times convinced me to borrow her a pair of sunglasses. So by the and I said snow blindness, I'll never get snow blind. And by the third morning, I could not once the sun got out, I could not even look at the at the colony at the snow. Wow, my eyes were just burning out of my head. 
and I put the sunglasses on, and I was able to photograph through the sunglasses for the whole morning. Wow. And then I trudged through the snow and ice back to the helicopter, took a, a nap in the rest tent, wound up back on the trip, and that was our day. So three days at a cost of about 60000 bucks. Oh, my gosh, really? Wow. But I was happy. But what do I want to do? I wouldn't mind getting to Australia, and that's actually now a remote possibility because I just agreed to judge a photo contest and speak in the Philippines in November of 2020. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking once I'm there, heck, 12 time zones different, Australia can't be very far away. Right. That's true. That's very true. It's probably well, farther knows. than you'd want to swim, but it's uh, it's probably pretty close. For Sure. I'd have to do lots of work in advance, mostly with friends from birdphotographers.net, my educational website, as far as planning the trip logistically, you know, if I do a side trip to Australia. Right. Wow. That would be really cool. So what else is new? You're experimenting with Sony, probably going to make that leap. Experimenting with Sony, doing something I should have done 15 to 20 years ago, and that's having a comprehensive online gallery. Mm-hmm. We're almost finished work on that. I'm working with a guy named John Ross with a company called Photofolio. Oh, neat. So it should be nice and beautiful and elegant, and we'll be, you know, we'll announce that on the blog. Cool. That's fun. When do you think what? that'll be ready? Oh, surely within a week or two. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. Something to look forward to. Yeah, I started by going through about 8,000 images, seeing about 1,200 of my favorites to distribute. Wow. Into the various galleries and sub-galleries. And what else is new with me? On my 73rd birthday, on June 14th, in celebration, I shaved my head. Okay. So I have the Scott Van Pelt look, for those <laughs> familiar with SVP on Sports Center at midnight. I got home, I did three trips in a row, went to the UK to do Puffins again in June, end of June, came home, went to the Galapagos at the end of July, beginning of August, and then I went up to visit a friend in northern Ontario to photograph eagles on her lake, Basket Lake. Wow. And I got home, and I was sort of feeling run down, and I was doing a lot of couch potatoing, and I said to myself, you know, it feels nice to sit on this couch, but if I do that, I'm going to be dead in one or two years. Hmm. So instead, I decided to go back to walking every morning between two and three miles, swimming every afternoon a little more than half mile, doing all kinds of stretching for my shoulders, getting my knee back in shape. So last few days, I've been feeling great, as good as I felt in years. Excellent. So what's on the agenda for the rest of the week? It's Tuesday. What, what are you going to do the rest of the week? Well, today's Tuesday. Thursday, I drive over to Fort DeSoto to teach a small workshop with four or five folks at Fort DeSoto County Park in Pinellas County. I'll be using my new Sony 600 mm-hmm. and Sony 100 to 400 and playing around with the different cameras. One of the things I didn't mention about the A7R4, compared to the previous version, the A7R3, it's only marginally bigger. Mm-hmm. The dimensions are fractions of an inch bigger, and yet the A7R3 in my hand felt like a tiny toy, mm-hmm. and the A7R4 feels like a real camera. Oh, really? Interesting. So, Just so that little bit made you know, a big difference. Yeah, it's a tiny bit, you know, one small step from hand, one giant step for bird photography. There you go. And then their other body is the A9, which has pretty much science fiction-like autofocus. Really? Yeah, with, with at the cost of smaller image files. 
So the great news is there's supposed to be a Sony A9 II with 35 megapixels in the, in the slightly larger body. So you can put me on the list for one of those. Interesting. I guess it's sounding more and more for another fire sale this time with my Nikon gear. Yeah, I, well, so far, we'll see. I mean, if Sony doesn't shoot itself in the foot with something and it meets your expectations, it sounds like it, it's an incredible advantage. One of the nice things for teaching is that I have good working knowledge now of the three major bird photography systems. Yeah, that's true. Canon, Sony, and, and Nikon. Uh, again, I, I go back to our comment earlier. It would have been unthinkable to think that Sony would be a camera company, even 10 years ago. It's just amazing that they've come to the top of the game, if you will. There's a lot of sort of Sony backlash from folks who just, pretty competent folks who just say it's junk. Really? Or garbage. But I've made lots of nice pictures. Interesting. And I'm happy. So time will tell. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to cover today in our talk? You know, we all this talk about gear and the latest gear and 61 megapixels. It's important to remember that good photographers are going to make good pictures with whatever gear they have in their hands. Right. And I know lots of folks that are shooting cameras that are four or five years old, three or four generations supposedly improved. And using the older Canon lenses, the version one of the Mm -hmm. Canon super telephotos. And guess what? The good photographers are making great pictures. And then you run into folks who have two of the best of everything, the most modern lens, camera body, and they have no clue Mm -hmm. as to how to make a good picture. Right. Go ahead. It's definitely a craft. You know, you have your tools, but you have to know how to use the tools. And, you know, if you're a woodworker or a painter... All of those things, you know, it's it's really the synergy of the tools and the artist. Funny, because I often use woodworking to complete that analogy. I say, hey, if you put me in a state-of-the-art machine shop with the fanciest table saws and circular saws and right. the, gr- the greatest tools in the world, the most likely result would be that I would cut my hand off. <laughs> and last thing I'll mention is that I'm hoping to get back to the Galapagos one more time, Mm -hmm. and I'm planning a trip for October of 2020, but I need at least eight or ten folks by this December. Oh, wow. If anyone's interested, they can go to the blog at birdsasart-blog.com and click on the email Artie button and get in touch. And the same thing, I'm going to hopefully make one last trip, a land-based trip down to the Falkland Islands. Oh, wow. With just four photographers. But you better be a happy camper for that one. Very cool. Well, excellent. Well, we've had a good time here talking with Arthur Morris, a renowned, world-renowned bird photographer. Birds from all over the world fly to Arthur for their picture to be taken. It's not, not exactly that way, but it's been such an inspiration for me to get to know you and your work and your books and your websites, and it's been fantastic. And I appreciate you coming on now a second time, and we'll look forward to your now new journeys with Sony. It's been a pleasure as always, Paul. I enjoy listening to your voice, and perhaps we'll be able to include the, the link to the new galleries oh, when we, we get this online. We definitely will. So, yeah, there'll be a whole bunch of links to all of your sites, and as, as soon as that's online, we'll include that as well. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. 
Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.